WA's elite athletes on the podium. Now, this man is known around Australia, and especially here in WA, for his acclaimed career not only in the pool, but out of it too. He's won Olympic medals and has three Olympic Games under his belt. Eamon Sullivan, thanks for joining us on Let's Go Tokyo. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. And now, how are you finding it, uh, watching the swimming unfolding in Tokyo? How are we doing? Uh, I think we're doing well uh, between uh, kids' bedtimes and and, and the uh, the time difference. I'm finding it hard to see every single race, but but uh, checking in with all the all the results. And I think um, I think we're really um, showing that we've actually learned a lot from the last Olympics, and we're really performing well in the finals. I think we've had a few uh, a few near misses and a few um, not gone to plan. But you know, Kelly McCann and Ariana Titmus especially just executing their race plans really well under pressure and, and, and living up to the hype. And I think that's the, the biggest thing um, the teams um, struggle with in previous years is living up to expectations. Uh, Eamon, a two-time Olympian yourself, and you know what it's like to be part of the build-up and, and getting early momentum into uh, Olympics. Uh, the, the relay team got us away to a great start. How much does that filter through to the rest of the squad when you, you're looking to, to mount the podium as often as possible? It definitely builds uh, excitement and also uh, adrenaline. I think seeing your teammates do well. I remember in 2008, and you know, I was, I was, I'm usually further down the track, um, definitely not on the first day. And when the guys win gold medals on the first day, and, and you just see how well people perform, it really gives you that, um, yeah, that kind of adrenaline surge that you just can't wait to get out there and, and almost too excited. Um, but it definitely helps the team get off to a great start, and, and that that vibe and the the camaraderie definitely. Um, you know, you, you feel each other, you congratulate each other, and, and it, um, it just builds that, that team atmosphere that you especially they'll be looking for in Tokyo, considering there's no, um, no supporters and people in the stage. Yeah, well, let's talk about that, because you're know, talking about feeding off that energy. When you're walking out into a stadium full of people, you're taking your spot on the blocks, and then during the race itself, are you even aware of the crowds, or are you just so laser-focused on your own performance? Uh, me, personally, <coughs> I was always quite laser-focused. Um, you know, the, the main thing I notice is your team, and I think that's probably the big one, the fact that we can actually have, obviously, your teammates in the stands. There's enough noise, and, you know, it, 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 I, for me personally, it would be enough. I, you don't, you're not there to, to, to impress the fans. You're there to impress yourself and, to, and to, to break your personal best. It's not about anyone else except for yourself. So I think the main thing is that they're there and they're focused, but having the support of your teammates in the stands is, is, uh, is definitely what you need when you're walking out. I think outside of that, that's um, you know, it's a shame there isn't the spectators there to, to you know, see your family after your race, and I think that's that's a byproduct of, of you know having a good race. But I think um, you know the welcome home celebrations are just going to be bigger than, than they usually are. I sold you short, I reckon, Eamon, with one Olympics. Uh, you might have been to three instead of two, so I've given you four <laughs> years less than you should have, my friend. I apologise about that. Uh, but you mentioned the stands and the support lacking, but what about for Ariane yesterday with uh, Dean Boxall? Um, we just loved it from an outsider's point of view, the coach going uh, berserk and the emotions and the energy that he possessed. Um, what did you make of it? I thought it was awesome as well. I think um, it's great to have coaches with that much enthusiasm. You can just tell how much he cares about the success of his swimmers and how invested he is. And I think that's what a lot of people don't see in, in swimming is, is uh, the support network we do have as swimmers. You know, It's not just coaches, it's physios, massage therapists and you know, um, biomechanists and team staff. There's so many, so much work that goes into a, an athlete's performance. It's not just about their training and, and what they do. So I think it's great, great to see. And 
you know, hopefully gives a lot of appreciation for how hard these coaches do work and, and what they've had to go through to get their, their star, um, not staff, their, uh, their swimmers there as well. Mm. And talking about, you know, when you, your emotions just boil over, we saw today after Kaylee McEwen won her gold medal in the post-swim interview, she dropped an F-bomb. Is that just how it is? <laughs> like that, that elation of winning an Olympic medal, does it just get the better of you? Uh, yeah, I think especially when you surpass your expectations or, you know, especially with going in there as the world record holder, I, I, I believe it would be a, a massive relief for her. I think that's probably anyone's worst nightmare. And unfortunately, something I lived through is is, is being uh, being the favourite and, and pulling up just short and, and the disappointment you feel. So I think I think the team's probably well aware of that heading in. And that's probably something they've worked on, you know, after uh, after Rio and London as well as how to live up to their expectations. So I think, you know, as much excitement there would be, there'd also be a huge factor of relief. And I think when you, you know, let out a sigh of relief, sometimes the F-bomb might slip through. But, you know, I think as I think as athletes as well, you've, you know, it's probably not great for the younger listeners and that are watching the broadcast. But at the same time, having some personality and people understanding we're humans and not robots, I think, I think quite often, you know, in interviews, you have to be proper and, you know, be yourself and you're taught to answer the right way. And, you know, the fact that it slips through, I think it just shows how human they are and then, you know, emotions, you know, are a big part of it, not just machines doing a doing a race for the pleasure of others. It's, it's a real personal thing. We're speaking to former Olympic star Eamon Sullivan on Let's Go Tokyo as we roll through the Tokyo Games. You talk about expectation and, and what it meant and you being the favourite, Eamon, go back to 2008, the 50 metres freestyle. You've clocked 21.56, uh, the fastest in history at that stage at the New South Wales Open Championships. Um, did it weigh on your shoulders going forward? Because obviously that, that mark got dropped um, pretty quickly afterwards. But did, did that pressure or did that expectation, did that weigh on you? And obviously, can you see that happening with, with athletes in the next week or so in the pool? Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, for myself at the time leading in, it didn't. I think it wasn't until I got there and I had a, a, a bad performance in the 100 um, and just wasn't able to recover mentally from from my expectations. Um, really, is what what probably rocked me. But I think if anything, it's yeah. It's have, if you if you've got multiple races and you're, you're heading in as a favourite and you don't perform, I think that's when it can get really really tough. I think um, the lead up is exciting. You know, if anything, it's the the expectations of ourselves that that let us down, um, not others. But um, I think if anything, it builds excitement. It builds probably nervous energy. And I think if you're able to deal with that and use it as a positive, it, it's it's okay. But if if you're getting pumped up too much and you're not a confident person, it, it could be uh, could be the opposite. So it really depends on the personality. And after watching Ariana Titmus yesterday, a lot of people spoke about, you know, the strategy that she had in the race. She timed her run perfectly. I think a lot of us lay people would be thinking, you jump in the pool and swim as fast as you can. How much strategy goes into some of these races? I think a lot more than, than it looks like, especially when you've got two of the world's best that are, you know, neck and neck. Um, and I think what I saw from that race was Ledecky has never had anyone challenge her in the past couple of years. She's always been four or five seconds in front. And all of a sudden, she's had to adjust her race plan to someone that can swim as fast as her. So usually Ledecky is so far in front, she, it doesn't matter what's happening in the last 100. She can just, you know, cruise the finish line. But, you know, it, it showed that Ledecky tried to get out far enough in front because she knew that um, Ariane was a strong finisher. And Ariane's race plan was really being in a position that she knew she, she, could, she could strike in that last 100. So I think they were, they were both doing the best race plan for themselves um, and Ariane, um, yeah, Ariane just was in the right position to, to strike on that last 100 and just a gutsy performance. I think when you're in front, it's a lot harder to stay in front when someone's gaining on you. The lactic acid seems 10 times 
you know, what it usually is and you see them gaining and you're trying harder and that's usually when your stroke actually deteriorates um, and you're not as efficient in the water. So it really does put the pressure on. It's a really strong asset to have as a swimmer is being able to swim at the top of people. And Ariane admitted in the last 50, she didn't know whether she was in front or not, maybe because of uh, which lane she was in and which side she was breathing, which is not a huge surprise. And even going back to, to you, Eamon, with the, say, the 50 metre dash, whether you take one or two breaths, I'm not sure, but there'd be many times you'd hit the wall and think, no idea. Uh, zero breaths. <laughs> Funny zero breaths. So yeah, really, really I'll give you no one. Idea. No idea what you're seeing, but um, if you're in the centre of the pool, you kind of have a, enough peripheral vision. You can kind of see, you know, around two lanes either side. But people in lane one and lane eight, you'd have no idea. So, yeah, Kaylee, uh, um, not Kaylee, sorry, Ariane was, was breathing to the opposite side. But when she puts her head down in between breaths, she would have been able to see her out the corner of her eye. But because of how close they were, you don't know how, how long their arms are and whether they're neck and neck to you or whether they're just behind or just in front. So it really, um, if anything, probably served her better because she just didn't know and just and went for, went for um, hell for leather. So, yeah, it's uh, goggles changing all the time, but, you know, you can see a little bit side to side. And do you see any difference now in how we look at our swimmers? Like you look back at your era and the era just before yours, you know, the Kieran Perkins and uh, Susie O'Neill's. Like we've always put our swimmers up on a pedestal. Do you think that is is still the case? Is it, do they still hold this like really, I guess, golden position in how we look at our national sporting people? I think every four years, the swimmers definitely get a, a better look in than, than the year to year. And, true, true. And that, just, and that just comes down to marketing. You know, we're, we're not racing every every weekend like the AFL is, is playing and, you know, it really comes down to, to marketability and, and sponsorship dollars. So, you know, the Olympics, you know, we perform quite well and bang for buck, uh, we deliver quite a, a good amount of golds and who, who doesn't love jumping on a bandwagon? That's just, <laughs> that's just how it is. Um, you know, the hard part is trying to sustain that momentum through the years, you know, and keep people excited in the sport. So I think that's, um, you know, swimming is a great sport, not just for, for how well we perform, but, you know, it teaches you a lot of life lessons and, um, you know, in and out of the pool. And, uh, yeah, the biggest challenge for swimming is keeping keeping people in the sport when there's more attractive offers um, around town, especially with AFLW and um, AFL and other sports that just have um, more momentum to, to keep people excited. But, you know, I think that's what's exciting about the Olympics is it really reignites people's passion for, you know, they might be, you know, in their own heads at the moment, deciding whether they're going to stay in or out of a sport and watching someone that's come up, you know, as an Australian and performing well in the Olympics is, just gives you that, that passion to, to stick with it and, and reignites that flame. So it really is, it's a shame it had to be five years, not four, but um, it come, doesn't come around soon enough, the Olympic spirit and, and what it brings to young athletes. So I think it's uh, exciting and, you know, I think swimmers are, are more than happy. They don't do it for recognition week in, week out. I think that's what makes them quite a resilient uh, person and, and more, uh, even more of a, an astounding achievement, the fact that they have to wait every four years to, to show how good they are. I think Australians, by the way, Eamon and Ben, they love the fact that apart from the fact that if it's success or whatever they're doing, the swimmers hold themselves really well. They're trained well media-wise, apart from maybe Kaylee's uh, hiccup today. <laughs> but by and large, so well-respected, humble, I think, to be fair. And team spirit as well, right? Yeah, you see them cheering each other on in a way that I think all Australians identify with. So, yeah, all that comes into play, I think, Eamon, with regards to the respect that we hold for, for athletes like yourself and the way the work you do and have done to get to that point. By the way, where are your medals just out of interest? Is it tucked away or do you just bring them out for the kids who are probably a bit young to, to grasp exactly what Dad did all those years ago? Yeah, a little, a little bit too young at the moment. I think they're in a... A box somewhere in one of my one of the spare rooms, I think. So, 
Um, I usually pull them out in yeah, Olympic years and uh, this year's just been busy with the kids that haven't done too much stuff and obviously with COVID restrictions and all the things happening, there's been less less and less um, events held, unfortunately, in the lead up to it. But, um, yeah, they're all they're tucked away and uh, I look forward to, to showing the kids uh, at some point um, when they when they can actually understand. But I actually am going into my, my niece's show and tell next week. Oh, um, so I'm going to have to find find the medals to take <laughs> in with me, and um, so that'll be a bit of fun. Oh, your niece is pretty lucky. Her classmates will flip their lids. I tell you, if, if I had an Olympic medal and I also had a, a, a fantastic restaurant like you in Bibb and Tucker, they would be pride of place. You wouldn't be able to walk into that restaurant without banging your head on the medals. Yeah, that's a difference between you and Eamon. You're, you're a big head and he's a, a humble, yeah, down-to-earth yeah. former athlete. That's I'd, a have, I'd have the Speedos framed up on the wall. I'd have the whole thing. It'd be a shrine. <laughs> oh, I've got a few things framed on the wall, but... Keep them out of sight and you know in the little in the office, so it kind of reminds me. And sometimes it's it's good to remember, and other times, yeah, I certainly um, I certainly miss it. It was a lot in a way. It was a lot easier. I got to nap during the day, and now I've uh, got my kids napping while I'm at work. So it kind of reminds you how good life used to be when you when you look back on your past as as being a swimmer as hard as it was with the training. The uh, the lifestyle was was quite fun in between. So I think that's probably what I miss the most. And do you still swim for for recreation for fitness at all? No, I was a sprinter. We hate swimming. Yeah. Sprinters do as little effort as possible. You know, we're in and out as quick as we can be. So fitness is a hard one if you're if you're a sprinter and a, and a swimmer. But uh, I do in the summertime. You know, when it's nice to get up in the morning and go with a few uh, ex swimmers and and uh, go out for a brekkie afterwards. And we usually do the port to pub swim. Um, so we kind of do maybe a, a four week lead up into that one, which definitely isn't enough. But uh, yeah, socially every now and then, try a little bit of social water polo. Just try to keep more active and, and have fun these days as opposed to making a chore. Yeah, well, now I'm going to put you on the spot. How do you think the Aussie swim team will go? And how do you reckon uh, Australia will go? How many medals will we win in Tokyo? Oh, I have no idea. I think um, the swim teams still have quite a few to go and I think some really exciting ones. Obviously, Carl Charm is in the 100 free and there's, there's just been four or five guys that have come out of the woodwork, you know, a 16-year-old going 47-3, which is you know, one of I think, Kyle's best. And um, uh, Caleb Dresser from the US went 47-2 in the leadoff. There's a, a Frenchman who went 47-4 in the leadoff in the relay. So there's, it's going to be the fastest hunter free final in history, um, which is pretty exciting. Um, obviously, we've still got Ariane in the 200 free. So I think there's probably another you know, two to three to four potential gold medals individually, as well as the, uh, the girls 4 by one IM and you know, so pretty excited for the, you know, I'm pretty swim team specific. I, I have no idea about medal counts for other other sports, unfortunately. Um, but I think, you know, as a game as a whole, I think we've been lucky in Australia to have probably less restrictions than some countries. So hopefully that serves us well and we, we get a good medal count at the end. Mm. Swimming legend Eamon Sullivan, so great to speak to you today. Thanks for joining us on Let's Go Tokyo. Pleasure. Thanks for having me.